There's a clip going viral right now on every single platform, and this particular quote is something I heard years ago, but it is so incredibly inspiring, and over the last few weeks, it is literally taking the internet by storm. We're going to be covering this viral video, why it's important, why we should understand this, and what it means for all of you guys. This stuff is going to leave you really inspired. This is Don't Fear Grit with Rob Taormina. Marketing strategies and advertising technologies to help you build a better business. Hey guys, welcome back to DFG. Uh, I'm really pumped uh, for today's show. And when I saw this particular video um, and or sort of on the onset of it going viral, I remembered, I remember this quote. I remember seeing this um, years ago and I love the fact that this is going uh, viral now and this is going viral within the context of a conversation this guy was having um, on, a, on a podcast. And this particular clip, people just snapped it up and and really are just being moved by this. And I love it because I really feel like it also epitomized the primary mission of this show, Don't Fear Grit, right? Don't fear that hard work. And I love this particular um, video. So we're going to show the clip. We're going to show this video. Um, we're also going to you know, also inform people who was this that actually brought this particular quote uh, back to life, gave this quote new, new life. And uh, we're going to really unpack um, what it actually means why people are being so inspired and moved by this particular uh, quote. Uh, the quote is the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves uh, the the destination. And obviously right there, you pr- some of you probably are familiar with it and already heard it. Maybe you're familiar with it just over the last few weeks because you remember seeing this particular video, uh, but we're going to go ahead and show the video uh, right now so that, that you guys can, can hear it or watch it. If you're watching the show, you can you can go ahead and see it. If you're just listening, um, you're going to be able to, to hear um, this particular uh, quote, but it's it's really, really incredible. The man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. So what's happened along that process? You've learned to love the journey, right? You love the journey. Man, when you love the journey, the goals just happen. You hit milestones as a side effect, right? Because it doesn't matter. At that point, I don't care if I can lift this much weight or run this fast. I mean, that's cool and it's great and I love it, but I don't love it as much as I love the journey. I love the journey. What does the journey consist of? Sucking at something, failing, getting better, learning, start a new journey, start it over, do it again. Oh, the journey now involves now I'm aging. My joints hurt. How do I figure that out? Oh, the process. Here we go. And so when you fall in love with the journey, everything else takes care of itself. Wow. I mean, that's that's powerful stuff, right? So if if you're watching it or listening to it, now it's definitely probably um, sinking in and, and you're remembering that you, you saw this somewhere. Uh, but yeah, this particular video, it is taking the world by storm right now. And it's just going uh, viral everywhere. So what does it mean? What does this quote mean? The man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. Well, this guy pretty much summed it up pretty well. And it's basically falling in love with the process, the, the journey, regardless of outcomes along the way, is when we just focus on destination and we stumble and fall, many people find themselves in a place where they quit, 
But when you give yourself some perspective, you refocus yourself on, man, I'm going to just be passionate and grateful and, you know, have that gratitude for that process, fall in love with the journey, then all of those little milestones that you are achieving become just wonderful byproducts of what you're doing. And you're learning so much more. You're developing perseverance, character, and it's going to yield you a better result. In fact, I think there's an argument to made uh, to be made for that's why a lot of these people experience that success because they're not just focusing on on the on the destination they're focusing on the moment that they're in which is which is incredible you know historically if we go through um historical figures who were leaders that we know we read about in our history books we learned about in school and we now go back a little bit further into in each and every one of their lives we're going to find that this quote rings true in the vast majority of these people that we know. Now, we typically just study the surface of some of these historical figures. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna really sort of challenge everyone here to go a little bit further than just the surface of what you learned. And let's dig a little bit deeper into learning what actually did these people do that led them to being who they became, that, that led them to being these textbook um, historical figures who led them to be immortalized in marble around the world, right? What are these qualities? And, uh, and so we're going to talk about George Washington a little bit. Um, and I think that his storyline is a really great example of what we can learn from this particular quote and why this sort of life philosophy um, really is life-changing and could be something that everyone benefits from. Uh, But what many people probably don't know, uh, George Washington actually did not have a formal education, um, right? We know what happened later on in his life. We know that he became a president of the United States of America. We know that he was a general in the um, uh, in the in the American Revolution, right? We know all these really incre- incredible things that we learn about in our history textbooks. Um but probably most people just jump to this conclusion that man, if he was the general in the army, he, if he was the commander in chief, the president of the United States of America, this is someone who probably was incredibly educated um and had all of this formal training and uh you know, but but reality is George Washington did not have a formal education. He did not necessarily uh, – he was not necessarily brought up in, uh, in a lifestyle that handed everything to him on a silver platter. In fact, when he was 11, his dad died. Whatever inheritance was there was given to his, his half-brothers. Right, um, his stepbrothers or half-brothers, right? And, uh, and because his father died – um, he did not have the opportunity to have a formal education. So he's very much self-taught. And that right there, and we're going to talk a lot uh, about his life and pull things from it. But the first thing I want to really discuss with you guys um, is the fact that he was self-taught. Therefore, you're self-motivated, self-disciplined. And he didn't let being a victim of circumstance, which is, you know, a lot, a valid reason for a, for a lot of you, uh, for a lot of people of why you feel like you're not going to be able to, or you have not achieved your success. You feel like you are a victim of circumstance. I wasn't born into a family that had opportunity. I didn't get to 
go to college. I didn't get to get to you know grow up in a certain community that valued this or whatever the case may be. Fill in the blank. George Washington, single family household, right? Just had his mom. His dad died when he was 11 years old. He didn't actually have an inheritance given to him. It was actually given to his um, half-brother. So he didn't have uh, uh, finances. He only had now a mom. He now, because his dad no longer was around, no longer was a a candidate for having formal education. His other siblings, half-brothers, got to go and be educated in England. He didn't have that. So he had no formal education. He did not let that stop him from achieving what he wanted, right? He wanted success. He he was an ambitious individual, but he says, I'm not going to become a victim of circumstance and I'm going to blaze my own trail and I am going to read a lot. I'm going to study. I'm going to absorb information. I'm going to observe the people around me. And that's what he did. And early on in his life, when he's about 14 years old, um, I'm actually I'm going to pull this up. Uh, so if you're watching the show, you're going to be able to uh, to see it. If you're just listening, I'll do my best to describe it to you. Uh, but George Washington, when he's young, uh, we have a record of this. We have this manuscript, and where, what it is is um, it's these. Um, uh, it's a rules for of civility and and decent behavior. Um, and it's 110 rules. It's incredible, right? You, you, when you read through these 110 rules, some of them are not very current, right? But like you read through it and you're like, there's no way a 14-year-old is writing these things intentionally. Now, he's basically taking something that he learned. This The, the rules of, of civility and decent behavior is something that was originally published. I think it was back in the mid-14, no, no mid-1500s, late-1500s by French Jesuits, then translated to English in the latter half of the uh, 1600s by Francis Hawkins. And it's likely he had a copy of this book, he read it, um, he was moved by it, maybe the people around him to help him out, saying, hey, you should read this, encourage him to read it, and likely probably used this as a way of developing better penmanship. That was a big deal back then. No one really writes these days, but back then it was a big deal. And so he takes it and he puts his own little twist on it and he, and he comes up with and he writes um, 110 rules of civility and decent behavior. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, why am I giving you a history lesson? What does this have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with everything. Because number one, remember earlier I said he's self-taught. He didn't let being a victim of circumstance impact and prevent him from achieving greatness. He said, no way. No way, I'm in control of that. And he decided to embrace this process and become self-disciplined, become educated on his own. And this particular um, series of rules that he writes, it actually becomes important because we don't know in the moment necessarily what we're doing, what we're learning, what we're saying, how it's gonna impact our future, right? But we need to be aware that it could impact our future. And here's a case where these rules, now that we get to sort of take the aerial view of George Washington's life and we get to see how it plays out, we see that actually these rules that he wrote out were life principles. These were life mottos that he actually applied to various situations in his life and it very much contributed to his success. 
He wasn't something, someone who just preached something and lived another way. Absolutely not. These rules were something that he took on and he valued them and it literally helped to develop who he was and is in, 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 in many, many people, many even scholars would agree with this, that it literally contributed to his success because what did, what did it do? It prepared him. It prepared him for things that in that moment when he's 14 years old and he's writing the 110 rules of civility and decent behavior, he doesn't know this when he's 14, but what actually he's doing is preparing himself for these incredible moments that are going to define a brand new country, that are going to define his legacy, that are going to prepare him for what he's about to do. It's amazing. So reading through these rules, some of them you chuckle, but some of them you're like, you're able to connect the dots because you know how the story ends with George Washington, right? So it's so interesting to read. I recently bought a, a reprinting of uh, of this uh, of these 110 rules, and I can't wait for it to come in. I can't wait to actually have this in my library and sit down with my kids and read read through it, and even share the stories I'm sharing with you guys now in part, but in more detail. I'm gonna go over it with my kids because I think it's extraordinary. I love again. I'm, I'm repeating myself because I repeat myself on things I think are important. But I love the fact that he persevered, did not let victim of circumstance impact and prevent him from doing and becoming great. So we've got these rules of civility, and they're really cool. Uh, I'll I'll actually, again, I'm going to show, here we go, I'm going to show some of you guys who are watching the show now, if you're listening and you're curious, definitely find the show on YouTube and you'll be able to to see this. But this is that book that I was telling you about, Francis Hawkins, um, who wrote this in the latter half of the 1600s. And it's likely that George Washington had a copy of this book when he was, in fact, copying over and making his own 110 rules of civility. But, you know, here, here again, are, are some some of the rules here. They're, they're really, really cool. This is actually uh, an original manuscript penned by George George Washington of some of these rules. I think on this particular manuscript, it features the first uh, 12 rules of civility and decent behavior. Um, just sh- again, showing that, um, you know, this is in fact true. I mean, you can go in the archives. All of this now is scanned. You can find it online. It's, it's really, really cool, uh, cool stuff. Uh, but let's go over uh, the, the the first 10 here, uh, George Washington's rules of civility. Um, every action, this is number one, right? Every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. Basically, treat everyone with respect, right? You can't really argue with that one. Uh, number two is associate yourself uh, with men of good quality, if you esteem your own reputation for it's better to be alone than in bad company, basically surround yourself with positivity. We talk about that a lot on this show is that really you're the sum of the five people in your life. If you want to elevate your life, you got to elevate your company, right? So if you want to be more successful, more challenged, well, then you got to elevate the status of the people that are around you so that you are more challenged, right? If you want to be more positive and you deem something to have good qualities, surround yourself with people that have already accomplished that. So it drives you to be able to pursue that and accomplish that yourself, right? Number three, um, let your countenance be pleasant, but in serious matters, somewhat grave. 
Ready? Basically, always smile unless it's serious. Four, use no reproachable language against anyone, neither curse nor revile. Speak kindly about others. I mean, these these are lessons that maybe even some of you that are listening think that they're obvious, but if you really just sort of close your eyes for a moment and you reflect on this, you probably can find situations that you've experienced where people, even though it might seem obvious to you right now, are actually not living these qualities. And what he's saying is to not just say the qualities, to not just be aware of the the qualities, but literally have the qualities be a part of your life. Number five, labor to keep alive in your breast that little spark of celestial fire called conscience. Basically, always try to do what is right. Number five, do not pensive what it's a time to converse. Engage in class conversation. Number seven, when you deliver a matter, do it with passion and with discretion. However, mean the person, however mean the person be you, do it too. Oh, I mean, I'm reading that wrong. I'm sorry. I'll read it again to you. When you deliver a matter, do it with passion and with discretion. However mean the person be you, do it too. So basically, always give your best, right? Always always in every situation in life give your best don't give half of what you're capable of doing and then be disappointed in the outcome no give your best and regardless of whether you get a return yourself eight be not obstinate in your own opinion basically keep an open mind and number nine in all causes of passion admit reason to govern basically think before you do. Oh my gosh. I, I I can't tell you how many times I've tried to give that particular advice to my kids, right? A parent, you can relate to that advice to your children. We're always saying that, right? At number 10, just again, we're just going over 10 here. We're not going to go through all 110, but uh, speak not of doleful things in a time of mirth. Basically, don't be a party pooper, right? Every party has a pooper, unfortunately, but don't be that person, right? Um, Now, these 110 rules of engagement, I had alluded to this earlier, they are things that he was writing, he was studying, he was reading, unaware of the importance it was going to play in his journey forward. But they play a huge huge, uh, factor. Uh, Shortly after uh, this time, he becomes a surveyor, and that's important too. And I want to really have you guys in this moment right here reflect on your own life. Maybe there are people right now who's listening and watching the show who are like, I hate the job that I'm in. Or you're thinking back to your own journey and, real, and thinking, man, I hated this. This was my very first job and, and I hated it. But remember, just like George Washington in crafting the 110 rules, not being aware on how it would actually play a factor in his life, here's George Washington becoming a surveyor of the very land that he's eventually going to be leading an army through. Don't you think it became valuable to him and an advantage to George Washington 
to know every nook and cranny of the land that he was, in fact, going to be fighting on with his army versus the British who were just coming in on these boats, being dumped on this land, and now they have to fight on a foreign land they're not familiar with. Of course it was an advantage. Of course it was an advantage of him now being a surveyor and being able to survey landscape and come up with tactical advantages for his army. You got to realize historically that uh, the American uh, ar- army, right? Our, our Continental Congress, even led by George Washington, we've we've immortalized all these characters. They're putting marble all over Washington, uh, D.C., right? Uh, but what you don't realize is back then when you really analyze what's going on, we didn't really have a chance. We did not. We were. We should not have won that particular war based on what we see on paper, based on the sheer numbers of the British force, based on the experience and the training of the British force, based on the financial backing that the British force had, obviously of 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 Britain, right? Uh, of of you know uh, of the king there. I mean, there is no way. Based on what you see, we should have won. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons that contribute to the why, but the thing that we're focusing on is George Washington's journey is what led him to be able to experience success at the end of his uh, of his destination. Do you, does it? Is it starting to connect now? is a lot of times, oftentimes, we will complain along the way and let the obstacles or per, maybe the the fact that we're not necessarily experiencing what we're not, we're not getting to that destination as fast as we wanted. We let that hamper our abilities and prevent us from moving forward. But we, what we don't realize is the journey, the process is actually part of experiencing a successful end. It's part of reaching the destination. The process, the journey is building your character, is giving you the experience. It is preparing you for that moment that's gonna enable you to take the final step to reach your destination. So what does that mean for you? It means embracing the process. And changing your displeasure, your discomfort, the fact that you don't like what's going on, change your perspective and understand that we are in a position that we should be grateful for where we are right now. I'm not saying be content. There's difference. But being grateful and 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 step back and analyze what it is that you're doing in the moment. Analyze the job that you're currently in. Analyze the situation, the circumstance that you're currently in and say to yourself, what can I learn from this moment that's going to prepare me for my next one? When you change your perspective and you look at the journey as something that is amazing and you become passionate and you fall in love with the journey. That's when all of those individual milestones now that you will achieve, you will experience, they just become bonus. They become a wonderful side effect of what it is that you're doing. And it's going to continue to propel you to 
success and reaching that destination. It is an incredible thing. And that's that's really the, the big thing I want you to take away from this particular quote here. The man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. I'm going to say it one more time for the people that are just listening. And I, I want you right now, close your eyes. Try to free yourself of distractions around you. So if you're walking right now, maybe you could just stop walking, find a seat somewhere. If you're in the car, don't close your eyes. You got to keep on driving, right? But the point is right now, I want you to really try to focus on this particular quote and see how it really can impact you and your life. The man who loves walking will walk further than the man who loves the destination. I know that every single person possesses the ability to do great things. And what makes me sad sometimes is when I see someone who doesn't see the greatness in themselves. I want everyone to realize that you possess the ability, the power to do great things. It might not be right now. In fact, it might not be tomorrow, next week, or next year. It could be a decade from now. I'm here to tell you that's okay. Because what you're doing right now is actually important. Because it's preparing you for that moment where you will experience your goal. You will experience achieving what you wanted. You will, in fact, be able to get to your destination. So it's incredibly important what you're doing right now, regardless of where you are, regardless of the job that you're in, regardless of you are you have no experience yet, regardless of what education level you are at. It all actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You right now in your position possess the ability and are preparing yourself for something that's going to be amazing and something that is going to come for you. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely bookmark this one. And when you're feeling like what you're doing doesn't matter, I want to encourage you to re-listen to it because this is an episode, I really feel like this is an episode that no matter how often you listen to it, you're going to get another truth from it. You're going to be inspired by something else and it's going to really um, identify something brand new in, in your life. So definitely bookmark this one. And I want to ask everyone who's listening or watching, do me a favor, share this with someone else, just one person. Think about one person. You could do more, but I want you to think about one person that really this message could help them. Maybe this is a message they need to hear, right? So I want you to take this episode. I want you to share it with just one person. And together, we really, really could help build a community of game changers. Guys, remember, as always, don't fear the process. Embrace it. Fall in love with the journey. And don't fear grit. Until next time, guys, I'm Rob Taramina. This is Don't Fear Grit, and I'll see you next time.